Faith Factor Impact, Episode 15. Hey everybody, welcome to Faith Factor Impact, where we hang out with today's top nonprofit thought leaders to get refueled, reconnected, and inspiration. So let's go. Imagine what kind of world we would live in if people spent more time connecting their ideas rather than protecting them. Great to be alive, Impact listeners. Jay Everline here, your host, and I am thrilled to present to you today our featured guest, Zach Zebart. Hey, Zach, welcome to the show. Jesse, thanks so much. It's great to be on Faith Factor Impact this week. Excellent. Zach is the founder and CEO of Smart Roots, a nonprofit organization that seeks to equip and empower a generation of critical thinkers and innovative problem solvers to become agents of sustainable change. He is also the founder and managing director of Benacross, a sustainable advisory firm helping organizations in education and healthcare reduce waste, save money, and have a positive impact through sustainability. Zach is a top-notch thought leader that's doing work that matters and making an impact. So, Zach, we are thrilled to have you on the show today. Why don't you take a few minutes and share a little bit with us about you personally? Who's Zach? Well, thanks for the introduction, Jesse. Um, but my, my story begins in southwest Wisconsin. I grew up in rural Wisconsin on a small beef farm um, and have, from an early age had those farming small town values instilled in me. Um, I started my first business when I was a freshman in high school and enjoyed that. I was actually a disc jockey, Jesse. So here, here we are on the radio, kind of a, a new age, but, um, disc but, jockey, love it. Yeah. Double Z sounds was my first business. I, I, um, I DJ throughout Southwest Wisconsin, but then when I graduated high school, I, I got out of the state and, and went away from home, which was a little, against the norm in, in, in small town, Wisconsin. Uh, but I went to school out in Phoenix, Arizona or Tempe at Arizona state university. I, I got there and I, I learned a lot. I studied journalism, political science, and I was on my way to law school, but, but I realized that I didn't really feel a passion or a purpose, um, through that journey. And fortunately my senior year of college, I, I studied abroad and, and had a chance to leave the country for the first time. I did an awesome program called Semester at Sea and traveled to 15 countries throughout Europe, Africa, and South America. And that is really where I found my true passion and true purpose in, in Smart Roots. And uh, that, that really brings me up to date. And then I moved to Austin, Texas, and, and I'm great to be in a, in a wonderful city and, and surrounded by wonderful thought leaders uh, like yourself. Well, thanks so much, Zach. Um, very, very excited to get even deeper into that story, man. I know you've got some very interesting things to share with us, so we're going to get there soon enough. But before we do, we always start the show off with a reflection. It's a moment to quiet the noise around us, get focused, get centered, and reflect on something of insight and inspiration. So I know you've got a great one for us, so take it away. Yeah, certainly. So I took some time to think about this reflection, and, and my mind kept going back to this, this book I read about a year ago by Stephen Johnson called Where Good Ideas Come From, The Natural History of Innovation. And in that book, Stephen Johnson says this. He says, imagine what kind of world we would live in if people spent more time connecting their ideas rather than protecting them. It's a quote that really stands out to me because I look back throughout my entrepreneurial journey 
And there's been times throughout that journey where I've had a great idea or I thought was a great idea. And I told myself, I, I can't tell people about this, right? I've got I've to sit on this idea. Otherwise, they're going to steal it. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people have gone through that before where they feel they're better off not, not talking to people. And what I've realized is that really good ideas come from a group of people. And it takes many different ideas and perspectives to shape a good idea. And and the more partners you have on that idea, the more likely it is to be sustainable and to come to life. And it also makes me think of what is the purpose of an idea? Is the purpose of your idea to advance the world and and to advance humanity? Or is the purpose of the idea yourself and to glorify yourself? And and I I think people need to focus on ideas that, that aren't about themselves, but are, are about a group of people coming together to advance a cause and to advance the world ultimately. Excellent. Excellent, Zach. I love that, man. In fact, it is so in line with what we talk about here. And you talked about entrepreneurs, man. And, and I just want to, I just want to take that same concept and talk about nonprofit leaders and nonprofit organizations. It's not so much that nonprofits and that, that we want to keep our ideas. I think one of the things you mentioned was that they're meant to be shared and that you greater ideas come in collaborating. And so I think we can learn so much from that in the nonprofit space um, that the more we share, the more that we get to the whiteboard, as I like to say, and have a bunch of people around that light bo- whiteboard and, and, you know, mark up the different things that maybe you didn't see that, then that butterfly begins to, to form as, as you get into that. So I love that reflection and man, great way to start us off. So Zach, you've, uh, you've got an awesome story. Um, and you've traveled the world. You're now here in Austin, Texas, my hometown, uh, where I live and I sleep and I play and I give, um, and so thrilled to have, uh, people like you here in the city making a difference, but you've been all over the place, man. And so I, I want you to kind of dig a little bit deeper into your story and, and talk to us about how'd you get to where you are today and walk us through that journey. Yeah, certainly. It was really in Africa when when I found my true purpose. I was volunteering at an HIV AIDS orphanage in the Nyinga Township of South Africa, um, one of the most underdeveloped places that I to this day I have ever seen. And while I was there, I, I I had a chance to really connect with some of the orphans, especially the high school age kids there. And that, that was my first time ever ever putting myself back in the the idea of education or back in a a school or education mindset. And I began working with this young uh, 15-year-old named Asai. And Asai had this passion to make his community better. Um, Here he was, this this 15-year-old living in South Africa with HIV AIDS, and all he wanted was to better his community. And I thought to myself, this is a kid I want to have an impact on and inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next few days I was at the orphanage. I, I uh, worked with him to construct a community project. Um, essentially, he wanted to solve the problem of pollution. So we worked on a project, and then I ended up giving him what was left of my South African currency when I left, that, that small investment for him to carry that out. But it was really – it was that moment that, that, that captured – my passion. That was when I started Smart Roots Global. We weren't official, obviously, as a 501c3 because I was still traveling. But 
But that's when I said, I'm not going to law school. Um, I'm going to spend my life equipping, inspiring, and supporting the ingenious ideas of youth um, because I believe through them we can we can really create a better world. Um, and Jesse, that's that's been my mission since October 25th, 2013, when I met Asai. So great, man! So great, and this this is almost perfect. Perfect. I couldn't I couldn't transition this better. Uh, any easier than that, man. You've got an awesome story, awesome history. We're going to keep diving in here and going even deeper. So, you know, on our show, Zach, we believe that every individual that's making a difference in the world has what we call this faith factor. It's it's your why. It's the thing that propels you to keep moving in spite of the odds. And so what's, what's your faith factor? What's your why? Why did you get up in the morning uh, to do this work? Well, it is a great transition because that's essentially what I was what I was touching on there when I, I told you about Asai. But my faith factor is Asai. Um, I believe the greatest resource in the world isn't petroleum, isn't sugarcane, but the greatest resource in the world is youth, um, a generation of upcoming change makers. And I want to inspire them. I want to support them. Um, and that's what that's really what we're doing through our organization. But I, I truly believe. Well, I believe a few things. Number one, I believe that I don't have all the ideas to create a better world. And I don't believe I'm smart enough to do that, to be honest. But what I do know is that there are a lot of youth out there who have great ideas. So the the role I believe we can play is helping them bring those ideas to life. So that that's really my faith factor, youth and, and just people. I like that. I like that. And, and I even love even more that you put a face on your why. Uh, mm-hmm. You talked about a sigh and, and I could just envision um, when you wake up in the morning and you go out to, uh, to make a difference in the world, you have his face in front of you. And, and what, what a more powerful way to, uh, when the going gets tough, you know, and the tough gets going, uh, yes. to, to have that face of a sigh, looking back at you in the mirror saying, keep going, keep going. Definitely. So Zach, you've, founded two organizations. You're doing some great work. You're doing a bunch of public speaking. Media outlets are picking you up left and right. And it kind of seems like everything's going great for you. Um, And I'm sure they are. Right. And that's awesome. Um, But one of the things that I've learned is that what people sometimes make the they assume that everything's perfect and that you don't have any challenges, nothing ever goes wrong. And that's so far from the truth. And so I want to dig in here and ask you, um, what's your valley moment? What's that one thing, that one struggle that you've had uh, that was the most challenging to you? Tell us what that was. Uh, take us all the way there. We want to feel what you felt. And what did you learn from that? Excellent. Well, it was definitely a, a valley moment that I learned a lot of lessons from. And it was actually this past summer. It was a the moment I'm talking about was actually about two weeks long. <laughs> um, we smart roots. We, we took our, our um, program over to Kenya uh, in Africa this past summer. And here we had crafted what we thought was a was an excellent program. And, um, you know, we had raised the money. And had gone over there, and once we got over there, we realized that that not everything that we've planned that our plans aren't always going to go as we have them planned out. Um, and here we were, thousands of miles away, and for some reason, I was thinking that 
you know, at 8 a.m. we're going to do this, at 10 a.m. we're going to do this. And and the fact of the matter is, is we're, we're dealing with the faith, faith factors, which are great people, but we can't always, we can't always plan for everything. And there was, there was um, some moments throughout that trip. I'll, I'll tell one, you know, it was, there's working in a, in a foreign country sometimes creates challenges, cultural barriers, language barriers, economic barriers that, that, that really made it a struggle at times to, to, to help us feel like we were making an impact. And, and the other, the other moment throughout that trip is here we were driving in Kenya and our driver lost control of, of the vehicle. Um, and we were in a bad rollover accident. Fortunately, everybody, everybody was safe, but, but, uh, it just really, it put life in, into perspective right there for me that, that, uh, you know, sometimes being on a mission and wanting to have an impact can be dangerous. But if, if you're passionate about it, you got to just keep going, work through those valleys and, uh, and know that, and, and put the mission and your impact first. But, um, but yeah, that was just a, I learned a lot from that trip, Jesse. And it was really a valley moment for me to, to realize that not all plans are going to go as you have planned, that you don't get so focused on your plan that, that you that you become blinded by the lessons you can learn when, when you face challenging times. Amazing, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're in that car, this car flips over. What's going through your head in that moment? I'm sure it happened so fast, but what, what was that moment like? Like, you, tell me about that. Well, it was a very scary moment at, at first. And then the next thing that goes through my mind is, is I want to be safe. I, I want everybody in the car to be safe and, and healthy. And honestly, where we were, um, if anybody has a geographic understanding of Kenya, we were down in the Maasai Mara uh, game reserve. And, and it's really, it's, it's pretty isolated. So where we were, you know, if, if there were to have been a medical emergency, the response time yeah. wouldn't have been very effective. So, um, you know, it, it, just so many mixed emotions. I was worried that I, I kind of put on like Superman cap. I wanted to make sure everyone was healthy. And then I was just so blessed and thankful um, after that. But then I realized, you know, some of the opportunities and the fortunes that we have, um, whereas, you know, in that environment, we didn't have those, you know, we didn't have access necessarily to, to a response time or quality healthcare. And, and it just, it just created a lot of emotions, Jesse. But, but throughout that, I realized that, you know, obviously I don't want to be in rollover car accidents, but once again, there's risks and challenges, um, to, to missions at times. And, and I am so tied and dedicated to my mission that, that sometimes, you know, (laughs) We do put ourselves in danger, um, and, and that's okay. Obviously, you don't want to put yourself in danger a lot, but but um, a rollover car accident isn't going to stand in the way of of you know making an impact. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, right? I mean, I, I just keep going back to your faith factor. I love. I mean, I can't get away from this that you put a face to to the thing that that keeps you going, and it, it, it probably was the thing that. After you guys kind of got yourself together and found out everybody was okay, you stayed there and you continued the work that you were set out to do. Those are the kinds of things that will get you up in the morning, day in and day out, in spite of a rollover car. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Exactly. Well, let, let's make a transition here. And not everybody has uh, taken that leap to start a, a couple organizations and, and, and to step out there and travel the world. And so there's often this defining moment in uh, along your journey that, that really stands out and defines um, how you went about your leadership journey. And so I want to learn what was that moment for you that influenced your direction and uh, got you to where you are today from a leadership perspective? Yeah, certainly. And I really, for me, there's been, there's been a lot of moments um, that have got me to where I am today. And to be quite honest, Jesse, I, I hope and pray there's many more moments because I'm certainly not a polished leader yet. I, I still have a lot to learn. And I, I think that's one of the the joys of leadership. There are definitely great leaders out there, and there are also sadly poor leaders. But I don't think you're ever to a point where you are a perfect leader. And Amen. so, anyway, there there have been moments, but I do hope there there are many more moments for me for me to learn from ultimately along the way. And and that the moment for me really was when I moved to Austin. I had a chance for four months to to teach middle and high school science. Um, while I was also running the organization, and it was a chance to to now put myself in a classroom and and in front of youth, you know, in in a in a school setting, and and immerse myself in that that environment for eight hours a day, and and I just realized that you can learn a lot by leadership through teaching, and it, and it was those four months that that really did that for me. I learned that you have to be a great communicator. Um, and sometimes you think you're communicating what you're trying to say. And in my case, you know, sometimes the students didn't understand what I was trying to say. And, and you can't get frustrated in it and expect them, expect them to know what, you, what you're asking of them. And I think it's the same thing in, in a nonprofit organization for nonprofit leaders is that, that one of the biggest things is, is communication. And communication, I think, can, can help your organization flourish, but, but it can also be the be the thing that, that brings your organization down if, if there's a lack of communication there. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's a TED Talk that also about this that talks about the first follower. And, and one of the big things for me is what I saw in, in the classroom. When I could get one kid to to take what I had instructed and, and, and start running with it, it was the power of that first follower to, to bring the whole, the rest of the class behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same case in, in leadership that you can't be a leader out in front of a group trying to tell everybody what to do, but rather you need to get advocates and ambassadors and, and that first follower who, who is really going to bring everybody else behind you. If no one's following you, you're not really leading, right? And exactly. Uh, I had one of our guests on, on, on our earlier episodes talk about communication and how critical that was. And his, his quote was specifically, if you think you've communicated, um, over communicated, you've probably communicated just enough. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and I, I like, it. I love that. So good stuff. Good stuff. So Zach, we believe that effective leadership can be the difference between surviving and thriving. Mm-hmm. And there's a distinction between effective leadership leaders and, and not so effective. And you talked about that a little bit. But what does that mean for you? What does effective leadership look like? And uh, talk to us about um, about that a bit. Certainly. Well, in addition to communication, for me, there, there are really three effective traits 
um, of, of great leaders. And, and I call them the three P's. Uh, it's persistence. Uh, you know, especially in the nonprofit world, leaders have to be persistent. We live in an age where, you know, it takes time. It takes time for, for impact to happen. And a lot of times our society likes to glorify the overnight startups, the overnight success stories, the overnight impacts. But the fact of the matter is, is those are far and in between. And great leadership, great organizations really require persistence. So that's the first P. The second is partnerships. Um, I think great leaders have to be willing and, and understand that strategic partnerships are really how how you can be an effective leader and how you can also move the needle with your organization. Partnerships really, really can, you know, are, are a value added for both sides. And it's a great way in my mind um, to advance an organization and advance leadership. And the third one, once again, it comes back to my faith factor is people um, and valuing people and realizing that not one, not, not just one person is going to, is going to to solve a problem or or bring an organization to the point it needs to go to, but it's going to take a group of people who have bought into this mission and collectively want to collaborate to really make an impact and, and bring their mission to life. Got it, got it. Persistence, partnership, and people. Three Ps. You've heard it on Faith Factor Impact. Zach just shared that. Three Ps. Take it to the bank. You hinted at this a little bit, but I want to I want to ask you right now, like you've observed some leaders, uh, you yourself have had your moments where you've been up and where you've been down. What would you say the don'ts of leadership? What are the things that you would advise leaders not to do? I think we need to know the right. And sometimes we need to be aware of uh, the things we should we should uh, stay away from. Yeah, well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is nobody likes a leader that takes individual credit for every success. Right. Um, and I see a lot, a lot of leaders do that. They, they like to be in the spotlight, you know, but, and they, they want to glorify themselves, but, but they don't give their collective team enough credit. So I think one of the biggest, biggest qualities too, of a great leader and, and one that bad leaders need to embrace is, is do good and give everybody else credit for it. (laughs) I've, I've heard that saying before. Um, so that's one area. The second really is, is lack of empathy. I, I believe that, that great leaders have empathy, poor leaders lack empathy. Mm. Really, every problem-solving solution starts with empathy. And, and if you don't empathize first, you really can't, can't solve problems within your organization. Um, you know, it's, it's a word that's rooted in, in design thinking. You know, but, but starting with empathy to really define a problem, um, you, you must do that. And really, the third actually is, is kind of a, is an odd, odd one, but... But I see many poor leaders that are too willing to compromise, that, that oftentimes they're so willing to compromise that they sacrifice their mission. And, and when that happens, you no longer become a mission-driven organization and a mission-driven person or a leader. You, know, you, you become compromisable, and essentially in, in that process, you're, you're compromising yourself, and you're also compromising everybody that's invested time, money, and energy in your organization. Very nice. I couldn't agree with you more, Zach, on your first point that you talked about was taking credit for 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 all of the good success that you've had. I have never seen 
a great leader in in all of my time of observing leaders of any one of them, not one that went on to do great things when they took all the credit and did not promote their people. And you know what's funny about that? A lot of times, um, and this is sad, you see that in leaders in leaders and there's no one around them to make them aware that this is a fatal flaw that you are embodying and you need to fix that, right? I mean, sometimes you just need someone to say, hey, check, check yourself. Love that. Love that. So, so Zach, let's keep going here. Um, there's a lot of research out there about operating in your area of strength. And, you know, we like to say here at Faith Factor Impact that God has given every individual what we call a genius level talent. And so don't be shy. You've got some great skills. So tell me, Zach, what's your genius talent? Wow. That's a tough one. Nobody likes to talk about themselves. <laughs> well, f- first of all, a quick disclaimer. I'm, I do have to say that all of my strengths and talents have been developed because people have invested time in me um, and helping me become a leader. So just a quick shout out to those people, family, friends, mentors, you name it. But the reason I, I've been gifted with some of these talents is definitely from God. But They've also been been pulled out of me and and embraced by mentors, by family and friends who've helped me bring them to life. So thank you first to those people. And and I think that that's another great quality of a leader is is someone who can find the genius, talent and strengths in people and, and bring them out of them and bring them to life. But but if there's one talent or strength that I believe I have, it's building relationships with people. Um, and I think it's a it's an area that that many people struggle with today, uh, especially in you know this technology driven world. We often sometimes have a hard time building genuine relationships. And I've got to say, for for the folks listening, especially millennials, building a relationship isn't simply floating a business card across the table and shaking hands. That's not building relationships. That's what we would call networkers or speed networking. Though I, I do believe in networking and building a network, I believe you can only build a strong, stable network if you build relationships with those people. Going beyond you know the business value, but but really understanding the goals and 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 you know the, the true passions behind behind people in your network is important. And that's one area that I really I focus on is, is building relationships with people, you know, my faith factors. If if people are my faith factor, I need to know them and I need to build relationships and understand them. And just a just a challenge and, and a call to action for everybody as well is that when when you're talking to people, before you just get at their business motives, ask ask the question of what are your goals for this year? Just throw that out there and I think you'll be surprised at what people will tell you. They're kind of always taken aback, I've noticed, when I say, hey, what, what are your goals this year? Because that shows that, that you want to help them accomplish those goals. It, it gives you a starting point with, with ways you can add value for people. And, and maybe those goals aren't business goals. I've talked to a lot of people who I've asked them that, and they've said, hey, my goal is to lose 20 pounds this year. My goal is to build a better relationship with my family. And, and I, you know, I think when, when you can break down those barriers – and and build strong, genuine relationships with people, um, you, you'll find out that, number one, you've developed a lot of friends, but number two, you've developed 
uh, relationship with people that that you know you can add value for them and they can add value for you. Yes, I love that. Love that. So, man, you know, as you were talking about that, Zach, there's a quote that came to my mind. My mentor, Zig Ziglar, says this, and you, I'm sure you've heard it. He says, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll always get what you want. And if you yeah. know Zig, uh, you know that that wasn't about uh, reciprocity. It, it wasn't about you, you getting giving something to get something back. Uh, but, but it was yeah. a principle. It was a principle of... If you are genuinely interested, as you talked about, in building relationships with people, getting to know them personally, how can you help them achieve their goals and accomplish the the, the vision that they have for their life? Uh, you'll Most always it, it'll always come back to you. So awesome, awesome. So I want to make a transition here. I want to get into some of the work that you're doing right now. And um, I know you've got a lot of great things going on. I want to talk about that. And so what's the one thing you're working on right now, Zach, that you're most excited about? Yeah, certainly. So we've we've kind of been in constant program development stage. You know, we you build a program or a prototype of a program, test it, go back, modify it, because ultimately we want to we want to have a, the most effective program possible. And so essentially what we're moving towards this year is a is our program becoming more of a student or a youth social impact incubator. You know, we've heard a lot about today and age, these incubators and accelerators, you know, for even college students and for businesses and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to, to provide an incubator for youth so that that's that's what our program um, is and is going to be. We're, we're, we're turning it into a more of a hybrid program. So part of it will be um, in person. Uh, there'll be a couple in-person sessions, but the majority of it will be in an online setting. And, and we're, we're excited because we, we believe this is a program where we can have a, you know, the largest impact possible. Um, and, and it's a program where we can, we can take to, to, um, to areas throughout the world um, to keep expanding, expanding our impact and reach. Um, so that's really, man, that's what I've been working working on in the, you know, with, with smart roots, we, we just actually, we partnered with a, a company in town here in Austin called 117 media and, and the, the office of sustainability. And we, we just this past week awarded two youth um, design projects here in South Austin. They receive funding and they're receiving mentorship. I want to just talk about those two winning projects because it's fascinating. Yeah, uh, se- Second place team is a group of, of eighth and ninth graders who are designing a wind powered um, a wind powered energy source to charge um, your electronic devices, and the first place team is a group of seventh graders who are starting an organization to to educate kids and family in South Austin on healthy and nutrition eating choices, and are also helping develop family um, healthy meal plans. So just just some validation um, for the listeners that youth, these kids, folks have have ingenious ideas and youth are already already having an impact. And honestly, Jesse, that's one of the core tenets of our program really um, is helping helping kids find their areas of impact or really helping them find their faith factor, as you would call it, um, at an early age. Yeah, man, that's so so cool. So when do you when do you anticipate that uh, uh, you'll be live with your your platform there? Our our goal is to have everything live in um, in August, and essentially what we're going to do is we'll run a 
We'll run one cohort of students every semester through the program. And then we're also going to um, periodically, either every quarter or every month, have online youth design competitions where students can submit their proposals and ideas through our portal. And then we'll, uh, we'll fund the winning teams. Wonderful, Zach. Well, let's let's keep talking, man. And I certainly want to help get the word out about that program. It sounds super exciting, and I can't wait to uh, to learn more about it. So let's do awesome. that. So I, I want to ask you this because you're you're now partnering with One Seventeen Media, and how did you come about that partnership? And the reason I ask that question is is to really uh, help us understand how do you think about cultivating partnerships. And, and and what's your approach to doing that? Certainly, certainly. Well, it will, first of all, you build a relationship once again. So I, I built a relationship uh, with, with the founders and of 117 Media and really began to understand their mission. And, and once you've done that, then you start talking about what are your core values um, from an organizational and a personal standpoint. And then once you realize, wow, these, these values are aligned, we've built this relationship then we, then you get a little deeper. You peel, peel off the the next part of the onion and and begin talking about how can we create value for each other? And you know what is it? Uh, you know, are we are we better together on this project? And oftentimes, more than none, you'll you'll find that that yeah yeah we are better together and and um, we're going to make this happen. And that that's really what happened. I this this partnership we wouldn't have been able to to award these two winning teams or, or launch this competition if we hadn't partnered um each of us brought brought pieces to the puzzle together mm-hmm. um and, and we're able to we're really ultimately able to make it successful i will say this our impact was much greater together than it ever would have been had we had we solely tried to do this on our own indeed 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 so zach if you could fast forward to 2018 what does success look like for you well, that's a great question, and and it's crazy how as far out as 2018 seems, it's going to be here before before we even know it. But for me, success in 2018, um, you know, for us as an organization, is to having that program online, as as I just mentioned, and, and is is really going to be be uh, seeing projects that youth have designed that are coming to fruition and are having an impact. So. There's there's organizational impact for us, you know how many how many youth are coming through our program. But the greatest part about it for us is the the impact that youth are having through their projects from our program, if that makes sense. So so right now we're we're really only looking at our organizational impact. I want to get to a point where where we can focus on the the impact youth are having through their projects. Um, and I'll tell you. Jesse, my goal, it might not be in 2018, but my goal is when you go to smartrootsglobal.org, you're going to see a map um, of the world, and you're going to see little dots um, all over the place which represent youth who have designed social impact projects and are implementing them in their communities at that moment. And at the bottom of that map, you're going to see like an odometer that you see in your car, and, and that's going to be moving, and that's representing the number of people that youth are impacting through their projects. Awesome. I love it. And I, uh, I call it so. I call it so. You, awesome. you will see that, that map with that speedometer with thousands upon thousands of young people that you're impacting 
Good stuff, Zach. Um, so before Thank we close you, out, I've got a series of questions, and these are intended to be quick responses from you, Zach. So let's see if we can do it. Oh, goodness. Name the top two skills you believe are needed to be successful as a nonprofit leader that were perhaps not as critical in the past. Communication, as we've talked about before, and collaboration, um, being able to, to work together. Share one or two tactics you use to attract others with great talent to be a part of the work that you're doing. Focus on their mission, their personal goals, and not just talk about your mission or your goals, but really focus on what drives them. Um, and also, th- this sounds crazy, but but talk to them about what they what they enjoy doing in their free time, and and you know what what is it that how did they get to where they're currently at? Share one book you've read that has a lasting impact on the way you approach your work. Love Does by Bob Goff. Uh, it's a wonderful book. At the end of the book, Bob actually puts his number on the last page, his phone number, so you can call him because Bob says that that he's found the people who are most influential in his life have been the people that are most available. Um, and it's it's just a great lesson. You'll learn so much from that book. And uh, Bob Goff is, a, is an extraordinary man. Love it. We'll put that on the show notes page, folks. And Zach, if you could talk to your younger self, little Zach, and give him a piece of advice. What would that be? Well, this actually just just came to me about two months ago. Here I am, you know, as an adult, as a nonprofit leader, and I still face these times when when I think that that one person or one one thing in my life can can bring it down. And and the one lesson I have for myself at a younger age, and, and this it is this: um, it took a team of people to build you. It will take a team of people to tear you down. I remember as a kid, you know, whether it's my football coach or, or a bully at school, that that we have this idea that that one person has the power to to destroy you or bring you down. And and even as adults, sometimes we think our boss um, can, you know, our boss or, or other people, family, friends, have the power to to destroy us or bring us down. And the fact of the matter is, is having that having that fear and that thought is essentially an insult to all of the people who have invested time in you and, and, and have believed in you because they're the team that, that is standing behind you, holding you up. Not, not one person, I don't care who they are, has the power um, to tear you down. Nice. So, Zach, before we sign off and say goodbye, share one action our listeners can take, say, in the next two weeks in their pursuit to impact their community and then tell us where we can find out more about you. Yeah. So my call to action is, is pretty simple. It's one word. Uh, I think it's a powerful word. And that word is engage. Once again, engage, engage in issues or problems in your communities, understand them and engage with people. Um, who knows what, what's going to come of that for me, for me, because I engaged uh, in the world and I engaged with people, um, I was able to really find my faith factor and I was able to really find my purpose and what I wanted to be doing. If I hadn't taken the time to engage, I would probably be a miserable law student right now. Um, not saying that law isn't for some people. It definitely wasn't for me. And uh, I'm glad that, that I was able, able to do that. So engage, folks. Um, I think you'll find the more you engage, um, the more you will be able to live out your true passions and find those faith factors in your life. Um, and the best way to connect is you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn if you wish at Zach Zebarth. 
um, or go to smartrootsglobal.org. Um, you can check out all we're doing with our organization. Feel free to like us on Facebook. Once again, it's Smart Roots Global. Um, or feel free to send me an email at zz at smartrootsglobal.org. Awesome. So, folks, I've said it before. The difference between the you now and the you later is the people you meet and the books you read. And you've been listening to Zach Zebarth and Jay Everline. So, Zach, thank you for joining us and for making a difference in your community. Hey, thank you, Jesse. You're the man. God bless you. Everybody, when you have a chance, head over to faithfactorimpact.com to access the show notes page for this episode with all the references and resources mentioned during today's show. And until next time, let's go make an impact.